Yeah, well, we can talk about Jess. I guess this is our chance because, like, now she's dropped out. Yeah, thought... We, we thought we'd have so much material from it. Yeah, but it's like, actually just uh, about, about a week's worth of loads of it, and that's it. That's yeah. your <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, fuck it. I, I thought about, like, watching the hustings in preparation for this, but fuck, I did. Fuck that, I could, man. I couldn't be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did sound like a crap format, to be fair. Jess had a point. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that the format was why she was shit, but the format didn't sound appealing to me. Like, 40 no. second stock answers. Come on. No, I'm literally just at the point of if people tweet clips from it with Rebecca Long Bailey speaking, I will watch that clip. Or if mm. someone tweets a clip and, like, this was awful, listen to this stupid answer, I will watch yeah. that clip. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm too burned out to be sitting through a fucking hour, hour and a half or whatever it was <laughs> of this shit, man. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised that that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. Well, we know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left. Hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 hard Before we get started on all the proper politics stuff, then, can we just pay tribute to Terry Jones, who died today, unfortunately? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a, a horrible thing to, to happen. He's obviously had a, a miserable last few years as well, which is just as big a shame, really. Yeah, it was like 20... Oh, God, it was pretty soon after... No, it must have been around 2016, because he put out a couple of films that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was probably trying to like get all his different projects finished while he still could, but... Yeah, um... knowing it was... Yeah. yeah, but yeah, you could tell from the 2014 Monty Python reunion concerts that his memory wasn't really mm-hmm. all that, but it was still, like, great to see him. I, I well, That's what I remember, actually. I remember just, like, loving Terry Jones so much in those, because, like, just because he was, like, so old and befuddled, but he was still, like, loving the sketches. And still just... seemed like he was having fun, yeah. He was yeah. having a whale of a time, yeah, and I just listened to a six-minute clip of Michael Palin and Terry Jones being interviewed by Simon Mayo when Python did the reunion and the two of them would just like start quoting all the classic sketches and doing the stupid voices in it and they're just like you know they're, so, they're still such good friends in the interview and they mm. were right till the end of Terry Jones's life. Which is the bit you're looking forward to the most Terry? I think I want to do the blackies. Ah, that's a nice little thing we do together about Protestants and Catholics, yeah. (laughs) Bloody Catholics filling up the bloody world of people they can't afford to bloody feed. What do we do? Protestants are fiercely proud of it. Why do they have so many children? Because every time they have sexual intercourse, they have to have a baby. 
it's the same with us, Harry. What do you mean? Well, we've got two children, and we've had sexual intercourse twice. Oh, oh, it says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, there's definitely at least one touching piece that was in The Guardian that's about how Michael Palin would go and spend his days with Terry Jones and just keep him company, and he sort of yeah. says, Terry doesn't talk anymore, but he's still kind of like, he lets you know how he's feeling. <laughs> yeah, I guess when they've been friends that long, he can still, he can, you know, they can still probably communicate fairly effectively you know yeah exactly it's just been so heartbreaking and heartwarming in equal measure even though i've just seen like some clips and stuff michael palin's been obviously doing the interview rounds because he was terry jones's writing partner in monty python and they were yeah like best friends (laughs) they're two of the possibly the two pythons who still no terry gilliam lives in england as well because he renounced his u.s citizenship over the iraq war um (laughs) but like it's a confusing man yeah, Terry Gilliam. he definitely is. Yeah, I think these days he is just like, uh, I identify as an umbrella. Yeah. He's one of those people who gets a few bad opinions in amongst some good ones, but then lets the bad ones absolutely consume him. Just this stupid sort of privileged indignity about anyone having a word with him about his crap opinions. Yeah, he's definitely Doubles, got Doubles, triples, quadruples down. Yeah, no, actually, it's good to be creepy to women. Ah, yeah, he like... was probably always creepy to women, to be fair. He definitely... He wasn't such a prick about, like, the political correctness stuff a few yeah. years ago. But, like, neither was John Cleese. It's just kind of, like, the way, unfortunately, the culture has gone and it's taken those old cranks with them. Yeah, with Cleese it. very much comes across as just a, a bit of a dinosaur these days, but you don't necessarily think he's dramatically changed his views, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had a few Audible credits. I downloaded the audiobook of Michael Palin in North Korea. So I might give give that a listen at some point, because I've heard it's not... Michael Palin is in Alan Bleasdale's GBH, where... um... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which is so funny like the militant thugs just beating up all the nice moderates and terrorising them I need to actually finish that because I never finished the series but it's kind of jokes it's like yeah, real like Kinnikite version of Liverpudlian history it's set in Liverpool isn't it I think yeah I, th- I think so and it's really kind of transparently based around militant and Dexy Hatton and everything you know? yeah and, and Palin yeah. plays like the nice sweet moderate in that he's just like a, a centrist labor man you know the old labor right tradition and he just does not like being pushed around by these hard left thugs so i'm not saying like michael palin's on the hard left or whatever but yeah apparently he did a sort of if not sympathetic certainly like empathetic um mm-hmm. <laughs> north korea well because uh, you know he does all his one thing i will say about john cleese is it's kind of jokes the way he always takes the piss out of how boring michael palin travel documentaries are it's just like i was just uh, reading the new michael Palin. but yeah sorry that's completely a whole tangent we've obviously this is revisiting a strand yeah. of conversation from during the election where we talked we about did a e- recent most uh, full episode on it really on, eric idol uh, the worst python yeah and yeah um, yeah and terry jones like, i just want to say you know I, I was talking to josie long earlier who met terry and says that he was just right. like the loveliest man and is obviously really sad about this and he's just a big influence on me for his work with python and for the fact that he directed over gilliam co-directed the holy grail he directed The Life of Brian and The Meaning of Life on his own. And those films, like, they just find new ways to create gut-busting laughs and just strange, 
arresting imagery and weird use of cinematic form. Um, And so I think legitimately a really significant director for his work with Python and just like generally a renaissance man. Like the more problematic Gilliam, he was uh, the other Terry. He was a fierce opponent of the Iraq war. He made a documentary in 2016 criticizing the boom and bust neoliberal economics not a particularly good documentary but it had people like comrade john cusack in there ah what's the guy who was on corbyn's economic advisory committee kind of like keynesian guy. like what harjun chang yeah 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 exactly harjun chang i think like he's in the documentary so it's that kind of thing it's like sort of like the mainstream pre-corbyn sanders anti-austerity critique if you know yeah. what i mean according to mark Seddon earlier as well he was a regular donor to the then incantation of tribune magazine oh brilliant Fantastic. yeah so he was definitely the biggest comrade i think amongst the python crew or closest to it at least that that's wonderful. That's great to know Mark Seddon was paying his tributes. His Tribune tributes. I mean, I guess, yeah, just like R.I.P. Terry Jones. And yeah. from the bottom of my heart, what a great man. And like love to his family, to his son, who I know did a lot of creative collaboration with him, of course. And mm. lots of love to Michael Palin who must be pretty down now. Okay, let's talk about politics. There was another tragic death uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah, very very sad and tragic, yeah. uh, Not least for our material for the months to come. Yeah, so we were talking about how we were going to have a shitload of banter, probably a shitload of, like, rage as well, but rage that we could, like transfer into banter like about jess phillips and her brazen shameless campaign for leader of the labor party unfortunately uh she managed a single hustings a (laughs) single hustings right so she was like, I'll do better next time in her subsequent I was terrible piece in The Guardian. Well, there was no the, next time. Yeah, it wasn't so much framed as an I was terrible, although she did say like I didn't do very well. I'm not suited to that. It was more a Hustins are a load of shit, aren't they? Why do we have them? They're awful. I did badly in it, but I'll do better in the next one. <laughs> Fuck Hustins. Who cares about Hustins anyway? Why should you pay any attention to them? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, it was just a load of incoherent shit, obviously. You could tell because Paul Mason liked it. And... (laughs) He's. I think he's praised every single candidate or potential candidate at every stage in the leadership election, apart from Rebecca Long Bailey. He is just such a bitter bastard now. (laughs) So do you want to be part of this party or not? It's a simple question. No. But but why why, Paul? The, The question was... That, that that tweet and others contributed to a feeling that there are people who are not welcome in the Labour Party. You people are all are, welcome. Uh, but only if we do exactly as you say. Only if we do exactly as you say. And the, You are all welcome in Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. But but in one in which you're not allowed to speak your mind or you you're must be speaking bullied. it now. You're speaking your mind now. But you We're want, hearing it. But you want us out if we do. 
you, you want us out if we do? I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. I th I'm sure, I'm, in case you're misunderstanding me, just, just listen. If you want a centrist party, this is not going to be it for the next 10 years. If it's really important to you to have a pro-Remain party that is in favour of illegal war, in favour of privatisation, form your own party and get on with it. Right, OK. Right, let me take another round of questions. Hard left, it's the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard for the left. He's did just she put like, tarps no. up, Did she put tarps over the fountain last time he visited her constituency or something? <laughs> yeah, he's really like anyone but RLB. It's really, really sad and tragic what's happening. You could understand it's obviously stupid and pathetic and he left bullshit from him, but if yeah. Clive Lewis, who was obviously planning to back all the way, had managed to get on the ballot, you could at least see from a strategic standpoint what he was doing. Make the other left candidate appear worse so that he can implicitly make his look better. But yeah. he's just wrecking now. You know, yeah, Clive yeah, yeah. didn't get near getting on, on the ballot in the end. Yeah, Mason is just straight up now like, I hate the left. Like, he blocked Aaron Bastani. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I know a lot of people who've blocked Aaron Bastani, but Mason, it was for his own particular reasons, you know? What else did you... Oh, yeah, Tom Mills was like, Paul, you should take a break. And Paul was like, another Stalinist, Stalinist bastard policeman. Grupo Piccolo di Stalinist. <laughs> when, he just randomly spent a day, a day and a half being absolutely rabidly anti-Catholic. Oh, yeah. And then just, oh, that's not landing. Let's stop that now. I don't want You're the like, Vatican dictating. The Shut the fuck just up. Just try bro. any attack line, no matter how far down in the dirt you have to go to do it. And then, oh, that didn't work, right? I'm going to praise Jess Phillips now, see if that sticks. Like, yeah, and, and, the, and the absolute clown chose the week that the new Pope, the sequel series to The Young Pope by Paolo Sorrentino started airing. So, what an idiot. Like, nothing has ever made the Catholic Church look as cool as those Paolo Sorrentino series. <laughs> Mason really just yeah he's not got his finger on the zeitgeist man. Mason still tools around in in a leather jacket and thinks Stoyer's his friend so I, I'm not <laughs> sure he's, he's quite as on the pulse as he thinks he is. <laughs> well uh, you know he's an Italian speaker he he might he might enjoy the young <laughs> Corbin e prom nato. Paul, this is the Vatican. Oh, what are you talking about? God, he must have been so conflicted by the Italian Paul Mason memes that went around for like a day. <laughs> Oh god, they were fantastic. I mean, that is still just like randomly seeing him beefing with Rosa in Italian on the timeline was. I, I kind of like mentally translate his tweets now into like cartoon Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't speak a word of the language, but just a kind of outrageous TV chef sort of character. Yeah, somebody uh, touch my milk. <laughs> Somebody touch him as milk! Crossed with like Sopranos <laughs> supporting cast, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> coming around in his leather jacket to give you a talking to. On the Jess Phillips thing, one of my favourite things today was seeing Diane Abbott MP retweeted Callum Sherwood. Diane Abbott's leadership campaign attended all the hustings, kept going to the finish, and yes. placed third in combined members and affiliates votes. Just saying. And that was, quote, tweeting something about Jess Phillips dropping out of the race. So Diane huge. fired a shot across the bow there, right? Yeah, hugely enjoying her slightly more combative Twitter presence during this campaign, by the way, as well. When you've Took got on Akehurst. Corbyn and, and to a lesser extent McDonald's sort of taking a back seat, you know, you can understand why they're doing it. They don't want to damage anyone's campaign. Yeah. Diane on the other hand is like, look, I've kept a fairly low profile since twenty seventeen. I'm gonna wreck these bastards. You mentioned it there, like obviously Luke Akehurst had his usual Rebecca Long Bailey said she was supporting open selections. Yeah. Akehurst was there straight away pretty much with the one thing that really needs changing about Labour is we need to spend more time, time trying to deselect, deselect MPs. Divisive, Divisive codswallop. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously, as I previously revealed on my Twitter feed, when I was really, really bored and having trouble sleeping and trawled through 10 years of Luke Akers' blog, yeah. which actually ended up being really funny. Um, yeah, me and Tom he... did an episode on your findings. That's right, yeah. The guy's like a perfect comedy character and he doesn't even realise it, but the, yeah. the key point here is that he tried to essentially deselect Diane Abbott on at least three separate occasions. <laughs> this, this was in 2007, so I imagine there's been at least one or two since. Um, yeah. So she's just quote-tweeted his bullshit with, but was it divisive God's wallet when you were voting to deselect me, Luke? Hashtag open selection. <laughs> <laughs> and then her replies, there's 300 replies, and nearly all of them are just like, yes, fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin the bastard. <laughs> Someone's photoshopped his head onto Thomas the Tank engine is the worst possible deselection express meme. I'm just looking at Diane's tweets now and I totally agree with what you're saying. Her timeline is largely like unabashed support for RLB and Richard Bergen. Yeah. Stuff bigging up the younger left-wing MPs, especially ethnic minority women. Yeah. And stuff defending Meghan Markle against the vicious racist British media, who obviously yeah. Diane has had plenty of experience being on the receiving end of their shit. Of so it is quite joyous to see in a way that she's yeah. just and like, again, lose. Particularly good, as you mentioned, to see her supporting and bigging up people like Zara Sultana. Zara who, um, Sultana, yeah, fantastic. Who are obviously going to face, and already are facing to an extent, some of the same sort of shit that Diane's had thrown at her over the years, you know? Yeah. Obviously people keeping a dossier back from her days in student politics and all yeah. this shit. Yeah. The fucking um, hacks, man. It's disgraceful. It your is, usual it's boring really... centre-right bastards, even outside of a journalist, they're all going for her and just sort of talking like it's fact that she's a documented anti-Semite, and it's yeah. just grim. They wouldn't be going with the same intensity at her if she was white, essentially. You know? Yeah, it's rubbish. Not, I mean, you not can from see... the same angles, certainly. You can kind of see how corrupted the discussion around anti-racism yeah. has got, that people are interpreting a comment that she, a woman of colour, made about white people as being like an anti-Semitic dog whistle <laughs> it's like, wait hang on white people are like generally when somebody's talking about white people in the context of racism generally the white people are not the 
target yeah. of the racism if you know what i mean it's yeah. it's, it's real yeah it's, it's, it's a corrupted it's a, it's discussion a, it's either a complete misunderstanding or likely a deliberate studied misunderstanding of anything to do with power dynamics in society yeah which is basically how these these people operate really they, they, they sort of willfully refuse to acknowledge that these relations are a thing you know yeah man and i mean you, you know we should talk about zara sultana for a minute because mm-hmm. i think you know this is future leadership of a party you know especially of the left you know she's a member of the socialist campaign group she was max shanley's running mate in the young labor <laughs> elections a few years ago that's legendary like... ticket that... <laughs> give it five ten years that'll be the leader and deputy leader yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's great you know and Max was saying to us the other day how proud he is of her and everything I mean she came out just out of the park fucking running you know like with her maiden speech was just all about neoliberalism and inequality and she said 35 years of unbroken Thatcherism or whatever and the Blairites went wild they did not know what hit them a couple of days mm. later she was introducing Rebecca Long Bay her campaign yep. launch just terrific yeah it was a great start and she seemed to be doing well on the campaign trail and everything during the election as well she seems really good and like Absolutely. you say it's, it's good to see someone that's not just oh we've got another left winger elected here it's someone that you can get the sense is going to contribute a lot over the years to come i was just 14 when the global financial crisis struck and reckless bankers sent the economy into free fall I was still a teenager when David Cameron and George Osborne began implementing their austerity agenda. Now, I know conventionists were made in speeches to avoid saying anything members opposite will find disagreeable. But I can't do that. Because my generation has only ever faced a future of rising rents, frozen wages and diminishing opportunities. For my whole adult life, I've only known Tory governments that wage war on working class communities like mine. And while the vast majority have seen services cut and wages stagnate over the past decade, the super-rich have had their taxes cut and their incomes soar. The gap between the ruling class and the working class has widened and is widening. And the response from members opposite is, as it always has been, to divide and rule. They are pitting our communities against each other. They are diverting attention away from the billionaires that fund their party, dodge their taxes and rig the economy. Well, Mr Deputy Speaker, I'm a working-class Muslim woman and I know the Bullingdon boys will never be on my side. And they will never be on the side of the shop stewards in Coventry, the cleaners in Carlisle, migrant workers in Manchester or teachers in Tottenham. In ten years' time, at the start of the next decade, I want to look teenagers in the eye and say with pride, my generation faced 40 years of Thatcherism and we ended it. We faced rising racism, and we defeated it. We faced a planet in peril, we saved it. We have our work cut out, but together we can do it. She's got the fire in her belly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, exactly yeah. right. She actually win, has. <laughs> she can win back Wales, yeah. <laughs> Whether she knows it or not, or even tries to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's been several other good new entrants to Parliament who we've been seeing going around. I mean, well, of course we've got we've got Charlotte Charlotte yep. Nichols, who's who's yep. like a long time. You know, I've, I've not met her, but she's a long time Twitter friend. Yeah, um, yeah, supported the podcast. I think from the early years, you know. 
Definitely. Um, we, we, we can say that now she's elected. We don't want, didn't want that used against yeah, her in, yeah, in the course. campaign. You know? I think we did say it during the campaign, to be fair. Uh, we were trying to yeah. grab a bit of her uh, <laughs> momentum, you know? Yeah, but I, I was always wary mentioning it too much because I didn't want the press being like, Labour election hopeful listens yeah. to sick podcasts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. that would all depend on them actually listening to half an episode of us, which yeah. none of them seem actually willing to do. For Thank God for that. You know? <laughs> I think we probably mentioned this on the episode we did with Jude, to be fair, but Sam Tarry obviously replaced uh, Mike Gapes. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, this is bad news for us that Gapes is no longer in Parliament. Yeah, although we did find historic milk tweets from Sam Tarry. Oh, yeah. So I think there's something about the area that just makes people wild for dairy. Yeah, um, wasn't his tweet just like, oi, oi, I love milk? <laughs> yeah, and it was from like 2012 or something. So he'd been doing the groundwork, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to rule this constituency one day. I'm going to take down the big milkman. Well, Gapes this is going to be my a... round now. <laughs> Gapes was having a bit of banter on Twitter the other day, oh. wasn't he? Uh, East London Radio oh. said, "Poll." I don't even. I, I think he was probably deliberately doing it as a joke, but it's I also think... plausible that this is his sincere answer, given the timing of it and what little he has mentioned before about what music he's into. <laughs> well, Gapes and the lads were just talking about like rock and roll on the timeline. Patrick O'Flynn, that right wing cunt, like, all oh, right, apparently he's in the SDP now. But he was, I remember him as a UKIP guy. He was a UKIP spokesman. He was one of the main Daily Express comment writers before that for a long time. He is pretty fucking hard right. Yeah, he was like, anyone got any ideas for a Brexit night playlist? I suggest Go Your Own Way, Fleetwood Mac. And this is the one, Stone Roses, and the place I love, the jam, for starters. What else? Gapes says, won't get fooled again, the who, dead end street, the kinks. Ball of confusion, the temptations, stop the extremism in the name of love, the Supremes. Stop the extremism. Politician, cream, and of course, the wheels on the bus. Fuck's sake. And then somebody replied to him saying, and for Lexiteers, back in the USSR, and Gape says... My karaoke specialist subject. What's the weather like in St. Petersburg, comrade? USSR. You don't know how lucky you are, boys. Back in the USSR. Well, the Ukraine milk really knocks me out. Leaves the West behind. St. Petersburg weather makes me sing and shout that Georgia's always on my, 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 mind. Yeah, yeah. I almost wish he was back in the party because that would be worth getting some corny fucking disco going back again at conference, just purely an elaborate setup to get him doing the karaoke. The thing is, if Gapes had like left the party and tried to start a new party under a right-wing leadership, he would never, ever, ever be allowed back in the party again. I think that because Corbyn did it, if like Starmer gets in or whatever, they'll just like let, let Gapes rejoin. <laughs> like pretty much, I think they'll just be like, "Welcome back to our principled cucktig comrades." I think they had. probably would. They wouldn't necessarily let them 
They're certainly not gapes. They wouldn't. They wouldn't <laughs> actually put him forward for a seat or anything. But oh, they would. They, should, they They would let him rejoin the party. They'd let him run for local councillor or something like that. Come up. If Labour's controlled by the right, I want its MPs to be people like Mike Gapes. You know, who could. You know, just kind of shambling, incoherent messes who couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. Please reselect Gapes. Only if the left, obviously, are routed within the party then gapes was asked the east london radio best c rock band what's your favorite band beginning with c and gapes in a real mic drop moment just said cream (laughs) oh he knows his audience he probably hates us all the entire twitter left certainly by now but ultimately he knows we're the only thing keeping him from complete obscurity at the moment yeah it's the only way he can get those mp level numbers anymore yeah <laughs> just making mill yeah. jokes he can have his little bit of snipes <laughs> at the left every couple of days and so on as he does but he needs to occasionally just throw us a bit of red meat to, <laughs> to get the left getting all the clips going playing all the hits in his replies yeah <laughs> Yeah, what a very... strange man in every possible sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stop the fucking presses though, because check your DMs, because Gapes just posted a picture of himself. Well, he posted it, I think, just before Christmas. Hang on, where is it? Basically, the man's oh. only gone and grown a fucking beard. Oh, like it's, it's, it's all right. Well, it's not a very good it's not beard. A fu- he's, he's, he started. I hope it's the start of a full attempt. I hope he's not just had a rough couple of days, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like a couple of days on the milk. Well, we, we don't. Is, well, he's he, presenting something for the parliamentary pub of the year. Yeah. Um, we don't know how long he's been in that pub. We don't know if that's his first pint that he's holding. Um, this is like late December, and he's yeah. been in there presumably since the twelfth. He's like, please, can you get go out and buy some more milk? I need, I need more milk. Like, Mike, we closed, he, he, like, we, you cleared our stock out days ago. He, he's like, the person, oh. he tells people what table he's at at the Weatherspoons, and then he gets angry when people order him, like, beer and cocktails and shit, instead of actually <laughs> yeah. ordering him milk and peas and all the gag gifts. <laughs> he's just like, yes, more, more pints, and it, it's just milk. And they're like, look, they're buying you gag gifts, we're going to stop bringing them. No, no, bring the milk. <laughs> So, yeah, Gapes is just like, I don't know, I'm not sure how he's coping with, like, obscurity, (laughs) really. Uh, He'll probably be happy that he gets a moderate little spike in searches because we're talking about him on the show again. Yeah, I just don't know how he's going to affect him. Is he going to have the same energy to tell everyone that ever speaks to him? that's left of him to trot off and all those things, you know, his little routine punchlines and that, is he going to be able to keep them up? <laughs> you know, if, if you search for, like, Mike Gapes on Twitter, trot off, there's literally hundreds of results, just him saying, like, trot off. The people of Venezuela, the sorted Stalinist Trotskyists, weasels, dead people, members of Labour's front bench. What they need is the legitimate elected social democratic, the Guardian. And some of them are people who are obviously on, on the far left, like, arguing with him. And sometimes it's just anyone who doesn't seem to be agreeing with him, like, as politely <laughs> as you like, whether they're from the left, the centre, the far left, the, the centre-right, the right. It's just like, oh, trot off, bot. <laughs> trot off. <laughs> Ugh, David Aronovich. Gapes like a tweet <coughs> by him paying tribute to Terry Jones. Fuck off, you Iraq war apologist bastards. Yeah, some grubby people he bows around with. 
Yeah. Well, the most recent trot off is on December trot the thirtieth. <laughs> it's good because if you search for him saying trot off to people, you just find all the insults people send him. <laughs> so this was in response to simply Mike Gapes thought it was a good idea to start a new party and have the first meal at Nando's. <laughs> and you thought it was a good idea to back two-time loser Corbin. Best if you trot off. Goodbye. <laughs> Gapes, of course, was backing Jess Phillips in the leadership contest in as much as I don't think he had a vote. We should talk a bit more about her campaign because, I mean, yeah. obviously the definitive autopsy on it was written by our man John Crace over at The Guardian, who uh, <laughs> was like, she, <laughs> Labour just couldn't handle Jess's truths. She just had too much truth and too much authentic authenticity yeah yeah it was the real nail in the coffin so john crace wrote a typically unfunny and terrible and shit piece about jess phillips we might as well get it up because it is just the most banal thing i've ever read was, yeah oh, he's already written another one nandy takes on the trolls well, shut up okay jess phillips realizes folly of speaking truth to out of power MP made schoolgirl error of seeking to get Labour elected rather than preserving its ideological purity. Uh, But but what from the campaign that she ran for like the week or whatever it was actually running, like (laughs) what actually was she proposing? What policies? Where was she standing on anything? Using I thirteen times in the first paragraph of one article. Yeah, that's been the big mystery for five years. What does she actually stand for? (laughs) <laughs> but she's running for leader. Well, she was running for leader, and she's just not saying at all. What was she actually like at the hustings? Did you see any clips of her or anything? I heard the little no, one on Navarra. I actually didn't, which is obviously the usual great uh, <laughs> preparation that you expect <laughs> from your favourite podcast. There, well done. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> like there was an interview she did a couple of days before that on Channel Four News, wasn't it? And, oh yeah. Um, Someone asked, uh, like, so what would you change about the 2019 manifesto? That's quite a good question because it lets them talk about what they liked about it, what they didn't like about yeah. it, you know? Uh, it, you know, we've heard a lot about, like, did they put too many things in it or did they not do a good enough job of selling the policies in it? So it gives her a chance to talk about that. Mm. And she just spoke for about two minutes solid about her and the Jess Phillips Labour Party and a Jess Phillips Labour Party oh, wouldn't do this but would do this but it wasn't anything to do with policies at all could you just, get like, that quote up and yeah, do like a dramatic I'm, reading of it because it was really like a Trump level of incoherence I'm trying to find the actual quote because at first I saw it someone had like filmed it off the telly while actually audibly laughing at the clip as they were watching <laughs> it but someone did put up a transcript a transcript, yeah. Right, so, what would a Jess Phillips Labour Party look like? What would you change from the 2019 manifesto? What would be different? Her answer was as follows. A Jess Phillips Labour Party wouldn't be just Jess Phillips. One woman, one mission. Like sort of, you know, die hard. I wouldn't be doing it on my own. There's always conflict. Conflict is not the right word. There's always challenge within the Labour Party. If you can't face challenge, you can't listen to challenge. That's not very good leadership. If your response to challenge is to assume bad faith rather than listen to the substantive, so a Jess Phillips Labour Party would listen to what members are saying and not just what members are saying, the country. 
The simple fact is that the main aim of the Jess Phillips Labour Party would be to win an election so that it can do the changing that it wants to do. And it's going to be about not just listening to the country, but also talking to the country in a language that the country can hear. <laughs> we are going to become irrelevant in the Labour Party in the next four years. We've spent the last week in the media and on Twitter talking about whether Big Ben will bomb. We fell down a rabbit hole, Boris Johnson's creation. Really important things need discussing. We have got to fight this war that we have in front in front of us with personality, with heart, with something that can reach people. Okay, Jess, that's great, but what would you change from a 2019 manifesto? <laughs> like, there's a couple of points there where she almost sets herself up to do it. Like, she says the aim of the party would be to win an election so it can do the changing that it wants to do. Okay, what's that changing? No, she waffles on about something else. It's bizarre. Really important things need discussions, she says. What are they? Who knows? Because she's talking about then about herself and her personality again. <laughs> but she also said at one point, The thing that differentiates me from many of them is that I am able to cut through to the public. To actually be able to engender in people that you're on their side is magical in politics. If there's one thing I definitely can do is I can engender trust and connection in people within literally a matter of seconds. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Holy shit! I have actual nightmares about HR managers like that. It's just (laughs) the worst person you could ever find yourself interacting with. Just the levels of ego in there, it just reminds me of in our Christmas version of Baby It's Cold Outside that me and Mr. Richard Miller made. Legendary. Um, There's just a bit where Gape starts ranting like, I am God! The milk God! (laughs) It's just just that level of hubris. It really is. I'll put on Spotify, drink your milk. Council might think. Lovely milk. Say, what's in this drink? Gives you strong bones. Mike, did you put something in my drink? It's your magic milk. Oh, fuck, this is gonna be hell. That magic milk sure is swell. Well, the curator's been taken care of. Now you're talking my language. And the priest won't trouble us no more. I am God. Geoffrey is getting suspicious. The milk God. But he's never been involved before. The milkman! At least a couple of people on Futurals were on Twitter that at some point have been like, oh yeah, Jess Phillips came in the pub I was in, sat a couple of tables away with the mates, or like the, the pub I worked in and stuff like that. And there's just always a story of either her or someone in her small party that had come in with her being just absolute dicks to the service people, to the people around them, and just like, yeah, no, this is the worst person in your office building that treats their department like their sort of personal fiefdom sort of thing and they've somehow become a politician and they somehow think they can be like the top politician and uh, they've kind of um, I don't know I mean what she obviously does she's generally learned how to connect with the middle class dinner party set if you like their idea (laughs) of a working class person (laughs) yeah other people who used to be working class and aren't anymore but wish they were still a bit more in tune and pretend to be people who are like university educated but fundamentally fucking vacuous (laughs) yeah she's kind of fooled them but i think in terms of her connection with real people it doesn't 
actually like people would cross the street to avoid someone like that and if she gets good reactions off people it's largely going to be out of fear because someone yeah. like her has bullied them in the workplace or at school or something yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> it's that kind of energy that kind of believing a cult of personality around herself so much that it kind of becomes limited true i wish it had held together just long enough that she actually had to put some policies out because i would have loved i would have loved to see what they were like she's dropped out before she really got exposed for the charlatan that she is like the fact that her so-called electability that all these wanker columnists go on is purely their confection now they can have this sort of like martyr thing of like oh she was just too good for them you know she just couldn't it was never gonna work why would she put herself through that she needed with it being one bad husting she can say like oh i'm not suited to that i had a bad day whatever people can still convince themselves she would have done a good campaign it's um, pathetic she's no but... standard bearer for her wing of the party the people who've the right wing labor mps who've thrown their eggs in her basket some of them must be pretty oh god that sounded horrible so i didn't mean i literally just meant that it's <laughs> Fucking... just like the... thanks for that jack yeah sincerely oh god okay but yeah i meant like where's streeting and stuff so that makes the image even grimmer where's and co have they ever thought that maybe they're not these kind of like strategic geniuses but wes has been sort of carping from the sidelines of the labor party ever since he got elected saying no i i would do this better than everyone else but what is the evidence for that because Wes seems to be on the losing side of almost every battle within the party him and the other 22 nerds yeah. who nominated her with Wes specifically probably a couple of others as well but specifically Wes straight in I think a lot of it in terms of why he thought Jess Phillips would be the person is kind of tying into what I'm saying before and that this is a man Wes straight in who has come up through NOLS who was in fact the head of NUS for a while he did very well within student politics and yeah. that is essentially a weaponized bullying campaign or it was yeah. for like the last 20 years of its existence at least you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I really am even if NOLS's politics of a dominant faction were closer to mine, I would still be delighted that they're dead because they were like genuinely threatening to people who are actually trying to get involved in student politics for altruistic reasons or even for not altruistic reasons that just had different views to them. But he's come up in this situation where you, you use these sort of disgusting underhand tactics of people and just a sort of broad sort of personality as the public face of it. And well, it's, as work, it's worked seen... for him. It's, it's got him somewhere. It's, it's got him paid well, and on the, uh, you know, it's got him a nice job as a youngster, and it's got him on the fast track to being an MP. Well, incidentally, another strategy to keep using. Speaking of that kind of person from <coughs> right-wing Labour student politics, you had a Rania Ramil, is it? Right. Running, she was director of youth outreach for the Jess Phillips campaign, or something like that. Jesus. And of course, what How did that to go? Be... Oh, well, <laughs> I don't think she was even, Jess like, Phillips. the worst appointment because Jess Phillips had, like, Will Straw working for her, you know, Jack Straw's fail son yeah. who... And his uh, reputation will survive this again. Another crushing defeat for one of the worst campaigns ever seen. Oh, yeah, he'll get a cushy new job soon. Yeah, yeah obviously he's the guy who, you know, he ran the Remain campaign, but a total clown. And Teflon um, Jack. And didn't Blair McDougall work for her as well? Yeah, it was just... <laughs> The best thing about the campaign collapsing so quickly is all these people presumably getting paid less than they thought they would this, this yeah. winter. Um, genuinely, people who should not have anything to do with politics again. They were just like, Kia, Kia, please can I have a job? Kia, Kia. No, sorry, I've already given it to Matt Pound. 
fuck's sake. Imagine being the lesser Matt Pound for the shitty campaign. Yeah. That's, that's just bleak. Oh, God. The Matt Pound appointment by the Keir Starmer campaign was, I thought, extremely concerning because yeah. it does signal that he is making overtures to the real, like, hard right of the Labour yeah. Party. The Matt Pound who... has spent four years or so basically fantasising publicly on social media about purging all the leftists, you know, in yeah. quite a broad definition of leftists. It's not just going to be people who've been elected in left-wing positions. It's not just going to be people like us who are quite brusque left-wing shitposts it's gonna fucking you know if he had his way they'd kick out probably two thirds of the soft left types oh yeah absolutely they, they, they won't see it coming because they're the soft left but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, they, they, they probably they probably say oh well regretfully we have to say we deserve to be kicked out of the party <laughs> it gives us no pleasure to say this but once again we have no choice but to admit that the right wing press totally called this one correctly <laughs> meanwhile the ones in there who are kind of careerist bastards would just be like nice no, him he's the bad soft left one kick him out instead and they'd be oh the yeah, yeah. And, you know <laughs> the fucking dynamics of that lot man um, but the really interesting thing with like the the sort of all the banner appointments all the campaigns have made and it sort of ties in with the failure of jess phillips campaign as well is the scale of Jess Phillips' crowdfunding for her campaign. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring this back up. I had this up before. So Jess Phillips for Labour leader on crowdfunder.co.uk. Is it still open? There's an update on it that says, I've withdrawn from the leadership contest, thanks to everyone who's donated and so on. But she got £58,051 donated from just under 2,000 people during the time that campaign was open. I'm just checking because... I think it is technically still open. I don't know if that's a limitation of the site or if that's something she's decided to do. But mm. to be fair, there is a clear update on it saying I'm not running anymore. But so the thing people is... people get their money back? No. Flexible funding. This project will receive all pledges made by January 31st, 2020 at 9.07pm. So I think <laughs> she would have to cancel that crowdfunder to have any chance of, of the money not being taken at the end of this month. Even after a little, it is with regret I've withdrawn from a leadership contest statement. It still says underneath the Jess Phillips campaign will process all donations in compliance with the political party's elections and referendum act. Uh, <laughs> a link to a donations policy. Process them right uh, into a new tiny house in the south of France. Yeah, fro- <laughs> <laughs> right into she, she her husband's two, salary. <laughs> she can maybe get two tenths of one with this, you know? <laughs> yeah, upgrade to just quite a small house from a tiny one. <laughs> Um, do you a, tiny, that... a tiny house with like a little shed outside. <laughs> do you think that Julie Bindle donated to the crowdfunder and then tried to withdraw her donation after Jess Phillips gave some pathetic milk toast response, like "Yeah, I do sort of support trans rights, let's, I guess." Let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. To be fair, the donation had dried up quite a lot in recent days. A lot of it was front loaded, I think. Ah, there's, right. There's well, there, much... there you go. That would be there's the There's not that net. many coming in from the 15th <laughs> onwards. Although someone on the 15th of January at 12:38 p.m. Pledged £1,499 to the Jess Phillips campaign. Holy Le- shit. Less than a week later. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> donation, mate. I mean, she was taking money from some fucking property developer, wasn't she, for the yeah. campaign? Yeah. And Fiona McTaggart, former Labour MP, seems to have just shitloads of money. Donated a load to Phillips as well. Another thing I was wondering, have you heard of a guy called Skylar Baker Jordan? The name rings a 
spell. Uh, I figure uh, if neither of us know who this guy is, then there's probably not much point. It's just that he did a joint endorsement of Jess Phillips and Pete Buttigieg. Oh, fuck yes. yes. <laughs> that is the combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell of political endorsements. Fucking yeah, man. hell. I bet David Crosby would support Jess Phillips if he was living over here in the UK. Oh, right, so he says he endorsed Jeremy Corbyn for Labour leader, and then blah, blah, blah. It's his mea culpa. Boris Johnson didn't win the last election so much as Jeremy Corbyn lost it. People didn't trust Corbyn. They didn't like Corbyn, didn't like Corbynism. We need to go toe-to-toe Boris Johnson, carry the red banner for socialism, and we need someone who has a vision for a brighter future and a plan to make it a reality. That woman is Jess Phillips. So, like, what, again, what is the vision for the future? Can you, can you, again, get up that answer and just remind us what her vision of the future is, please? Fuck knows. That's what I'm gutted I won't ever find out, you know? (laughs) I was hoping for some real Owen Smith level, replace zero-hour contracts with one-hour contracts, but, like, the whole full-wide campaign of this, you know? I wouldn't, I'll sit down and speak to ISIS and they'll be so scared of me they'll give up, you know, it'd be like Owen Smith Plus. I'm just clicking on random donors to the Jess Phillips campaign and they've all donated to fucking led by donkeys and people like that as well. <laughs> this, is, this is the demographic. they just got so much money to piss about, or it's always yeah, just different actually, CIA fronts them, and stuff. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> just for Langley House boys just allocating different amount of funds into all these different accounts. Yeah, just as the militant tendency tried to infiltrate Labour on the ladies this is Renew trying to infiltrate the Labour Party <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a look on Jess's register of members interest page which yeah, oh obvious. fuck well that's another hour onto this episode then Jesus <laughs> oh man every single comment on this crowdfunder is like you could reply to every single one with like I hope she sees this king every single one man these are all just tragic. <laughs> I read... Um, I've never te- voted Labour before. I voted Lib Dem at the general election out of total frustration and anger at the Conservative <laughs> Party. But just when I thought all was lost in our political system, up pops Jess. At last, someone <laughs> with honesty, integrity, who seems to truly understand the issues confronting the country. Which issues? And, yeah, and to be motivated know. only by a genuine desire to do good and to improve lives. I couldn't, in all honesty, ever join the Labour Party because of their policy on the public school system. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Absolutely wild people. (laughs) Yeah, I read that she'd done an intelligence squared debate, and I I, I read that briefly as that she'd received 500 quid from Intelligence Squad, and I was like, oh man, was she literally just openly (laughs) on the page? Someone's actually investigating it now. Wow, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like in July, she got all these donations from Fiona McTaggart. So yeah, she must have spent probably quite a few months planning a leadership. Um, oh, I think potentially a few yeah. years here, you know? Yeah, I, well, I think since she got into Parliament. Well, she said in yeah. an interview that she wanted to be Prime Minister when she was growing up. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, she would have at least thought she was on and for sort of one of the top jobs as soon as the press started buttering her up a bit and overhyping her, you know? These comments, man, fucking hell. Jess, you remind me of my first girlfriend 55 years ago from Small Heath. And if she were in Parliament, I know we'd have a fairer and better country. <laughs> Honestly, oh, that's so man. Sad. Like... Oh, I, I don't even know what to say about these comments, man. Why would you do that in public? God knows, man. Fiona McTaggart gave her 20,000 quid. 
Yeah, as as you do, perfectly and, normal. I yeah, mean, as that, did that's Lord someone's Wayne salary for like the full length of the campaign. That's a couple of salaries for that full campaign. Yeah, I mean, that... the thing with Wahid Ali, who's in the house, a Labour peer, he donated to Jess Phillips, is that he's definitely loaded. Like, it's like, okay, he's he created the television mm. series Survivor, and he's a media entrepreneur. You kind of know he's really wealthy, but it's like... Yeah. <laughs> How has Fiona McTaggart got all this money just lying around? So Jess Phillips also raised £30,383 for the election campaign. Ah. On top then of her leadership campaign, she has a Jess Phillips Labour Join ad fund, which raised another five grand that was running concurrently with the other Jess Phillips leadership campaign. So she, in the last few months has raised in the region of 90 to 95,000 pounds from you'd imagine mostly supporters who are considerably less well off than she is. No, it's... definitely, although not Fiona McTaggart who No, no, there's, there's, there's definitely father, a handful of Her father, the late Ian McTaggart BT Oh, the McTaggart Baroncy was a multi-millionaire Glasgow property developer, conservative candidate, and Eurosceptic. And her mother's father was a conservative member of Parliament for 27 years. Oh, her great grandfather was in the <coughs> Labour Party, though. Uh, yeah, and she is thought to have been. She's not in Parliament Jeez. anymore, I don't think. But yeah. she's thought to have been the second richest Labour MP. So that's how Fiona McTaggart has so much money. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sisters of Lib Dem. She crowdfunds all the time. She crowdfunded five grand in the 2017 election, which is probably why she got the idea to go so hard on it now. She Mm. crowdfunded in March 2019 to send thousands of children to sing Baby Shark in Downing Street in protest against cuts to school hours. Wait, Jess Phillips did that? Jess Phillips did that. I'm trying to find out how much she raised on that. Within the first 24 hours, which is when this news report is from, she'd raised over £6,000 to send (laughs) some kids to London. The thing is, there's basically no oversight. I think there probably was a certain amount of oversight for the specific general election ones, because there's obviously election funding and campaigning rules that are quite stringent. But in terms of online campaigning ones, in terms of her internal leadership bids and that sort of thing, there's very little oversight on how that money's actually spent when she gets it. And I think she's done the Ron Paul thing. Well, not <laughs> not quite the Ron Paul. What Ron Paul would do is, he, whenever he kept running for president, is he would run his campaign, he would base it on just getting libertarian nerds everywhere to donate small amounts to him. You know, it was a sort of donations model more in common with more left-wing candidates. But obviously none of them were backing him. But then he would always, well after it became obvious he wasn't going to win, he would just leave the campaigns open and just keep rolling in the money. And he made absurd amounts in 2008 and particularly in 2012 from like a dead campaign that got nowhere. He just grifted his way to tons of money. And I think this is like almost the UK equivalent of that. It's not quite the same because it's not like keeping the campaign rolling artificially long. It's just, well, people have donated now and that money is probably going to come out of their accounts on the 31st of January unless Jess Phillips does the right thing and stops that. And is she going to? Why would she not have clarified that? Yeah. She's updated the crowdfunder since and she's made no mention of what happens to people's money. Very odd. It's technically still open. I could chip a tenner in now if I wanted to. I don't (laughs) want to, but... She got complimentary tickets to Wimbledon from the Lawn Tennis Association. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. That's speaking truth to power right there. Maybe they'll, yeah. sit, next, maybe they'll sit next to Cliff Richard. That'll be fun. Until February 2019, I employed my husband, Tom Phillips, as constituency support manager. I understood it that she was employing him until early 2019-ish, without looking now. Uh, she was employing him for quite a while after she became an MP. She would say in interviews like he was the only person who could do it. But then she'd also, in different interviews, be like... Oh, you know, my humble sort of the earth husband is just like a lift repair man sort of thing. Ah. You know? And it's like, he can't be both, can he? He was registered on 7th of June 2015, and then they updated the entry on the 14th of March. Is this her crowdfunder that I've got open? Yeah, jessphillips.net, speak truth, win power, contribute. Let's have a look. On Hang on, is that a different it? crowdfunder? One sec. <laughs> the one I'm this... on is crowdfunder.co.uk. Oh yeah, I'm on jessphillips.net and there's a donate option that you can click. How much money has she got? 1,835 quid raised. That's not very much actually, of a £10,000 goal. So where's the donation page on... Oh, donate, yeah, here we go. Yeah, right. donate. Yeah, so she's, so she's raised an extra £1,835 on her website as well yep. as all the funds we've already mentioned. Has so she got any other websites? I don't think so, but... <laughs> We're not far off a hundred grand now from <laughs> mid-2019 to now. Some of that, I presume, will be used on the stated costs, particularly for the election crowdfunder, but that's almost a salary again. It is more than a salary again. And obviously, being an MP, some of the stuff that you or I would still have to spend money on if we earn those crazy amounts. Weed. She gets... Subs- yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that specifically is what she's spending it on, but <laughs> you're broadly in the right area. Oh, God. I think Tom Prick might have written the exact same article for The Independent about Jess Phillips oh, as God. John Crace at The Guardian. Yet these people have no independent thought. No Nobody one tells, tells what them think. what to write. Yeah. No, one need, no one needs to. That's the yeah, tragic exactly. fucking thing. In quitting the leadership race, she said Labour needs a leader that can unite all parts of the party, even those who are, even now, still desperate to lose. It's just incredible that there's been this sort of accepted consensus that people who slag Labour off all the time in the media are trying to make Labour win, and people who campaign for the Labour Party are trying to make the Labour Party lose. And this is just widely accepted. Don't even question it. All the political sketch writers will have this as, you know, the cornerstone of their piece. Yeah. Hey, look, I got a bit more of Tom Prick at The Independent on their awful website. Lucky you. Miss Phillips cannot be Labour leader because she is correct that she has nothing to offer to those who are so desperate to lose. The next Labour leader will have to lead a party that has embraced a politics that rejects markets. The trouble is, in the end... Democracy is a market, and for those who think of themselves above the mucky business of buying and selling themselves, there is a familiar outcome. I will say that Rebecca Long-Bailey literally (coughs) said in one of her key speeches in the last couple of days that we need to become salespeople for socialism. (laughs) Yeah, the the Guardian of course made that line like their lead line to try and make it look like that was the focus of her entire thing. Yeah, of course, they're always just highlighting They're trying to sort of just try and find any possible little wedge among the left. Yeah, Anything but basically they'd think was like fucking awesome if Nandy said it or something. Just added town on to the end of the sentence. They'd be like, that is so profound. So Tom Prick, yeah, has written exactly the same article as John Crace. Well, let's see if there's any upcoming events for Jess Phillips. 
up. There are not any upcoming events for Jess Phillips. No, we'd know because she'd crowdfund them first if there were. Oh, God. I bet her blog must be even more badly written than her fucking articles. Well, she's only ever done three posts. No, she'll just get someone else to write a blog. You can fudge that easily. Yeah, well, it's quite funny, actually, that there was a slight improvement in the literacy of her articles once she hired a campaign team. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like, God, she literally does have too much of an ego to hire a ghostwriter. The, one, the ones she used to write for The Guardian every so often were just so bad. They were, like, they were all, like, Drivel. 300 words long. They were, like, yeah. the bare bones of a pitch. And that was just it. And they weren't really coherent, even within well, that short length. Well, it's got that someone at The Guardian, she submits that to them. They're mm. just like, yeah, great, cool, yeah, fine, we'll put that up. And <laughs> it's the... like, really? Have yeah. some standards? Fucking hell. And at one point there were like two or three of that tiny length in one day, and you're like, has she managed to sell this as fucking three articles when there's not actually one article's worth of content there? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Admit, like, as, as much as she doesn't always come across as the smartest political operators. If you see her goal as just enriching herself and her profile and her bank balance, she's fucking smart as hell about it. Because people just don't pay attention to it. She's got the right politics for them not to want to pay attention to it. Just uh, a little bit more on what Jess Phillips did that impressed the apparently supremely gullible Skylar Baker Jordan. She has a frank and unapologetic approach to politics. There's no calculation. No pretense. No show. Come on. Literally the most performative politician in the country. She tells you what's on her mind. Did she just give you a press release and you published it? What she thinks you need to hear. And she does it with a gusto and earthy charm. Matched by (laughs) earthy charm. Then there's got there's got some incredibly incoherent fucking quote about like, my son does not go to school five days a week. We have to go back to the basics. Well, that is the case, and lots of people in the country they can give you their own example. They can't get social care for their parents. Well, that is the case. Offering people free broadband was just not believable. Again, she says, and while that is the case, twice in that sentence you know it's just mangled and incoherent and the political point she's making is just people can't have nice things because they already don't have nice things so it's just not believable to them that they could have nice things and he describes that as a candid omission he says she's blunt but remains so charming when she enters a room whether a pub or you're just just down the pub with the boys salt of the earth working class at the local or the commons chamber or a tv studio yeah generally the latter isn't it she owns it she is a larger than life personality from a salt of the earth community (laughs) what birmingham Collectively, the entire giant city of Birmingham. Like, well, that's not quite as well off as a city as London. Like, collectively, tiny house in the south of France. None of my mates live in Birmingham. Therefore, everyone there must be badly off. Must be working class. Must be struggling a bit. They've probably got the Hovis music playing while they're walking down the street. Yeah, they're all so fucking blinkered. Like, really, you can read about a paragraph of any one of their articles and you just get this complete ignorance or contempt or both about everyone that isn't in their immediate orbit. Salt of the Earth community. She had, what was that previous thing? She has gusto and earthy charm. (laughs) 
he says she has the populist magnetism of Nigel Farage. I thought populism was the bad thing Corbyn did without all the racism and poor bashing. Well, maybe not all the racism and poor bashing of Nigel Farage. Okay. There's a fair share of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Phillips has her critics invoking an ire few politicians are ever unlucky enough to receive. Jacobin recently lamented her remarkable faith in the power of public relations and internal company processes to resolve industrial disputes. Wow. Cutting stuff. That is certainly an ire few politicians are unlucky to receive. Who among us has not felt that quiver in our bones when the hard left knocked on our door in the middle of the night and said sorry sir but you have a remarkable faith in the power of public relations and internal company processes (laughs) to resolve industrial disputes but this is an example of what makes Philip so appealing she doesn't live in the world as we would like to see it but rather as it is which means that here we go Unlike those on the hard left. I'm afraid it's the hard left. She sees not only what is wrong, but crucially how we can use the tools at our disposal to fix it. But that's specifically not what she's doing. No, all she does is negative. That's that's wrong. That's bollocks. You know, they've identified in that article, right, essentially a truth in that a lot of people seem to have lost faith that things are going to get substantially better and don't really you know they've been ground down by years of austerity and so on they don't think it is so they don't necessarily jump at policies that would seem to benefit them and rather than look at that as sort of how do we change that narrative how do we start highlighting that these things are possible they're just taking the lesson from that as being so that means that these things aren't possible okay let's move on let's try something else let's let's not propose better things for people again Mate, my eyes, like, skimmed two paragraphs down and I almost, like, punched a hole through my desk at something just now. I'm just, like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to really, like, skip through this so I can get to it. But they say that she's got an uncanny knack for capturing the public attention and direct, yeah, yeah, big on getting attention from yeah. people. Being on the front page of broadsheet supplements will get you some level of public attention. Yeah, that, that's how that thing works, you know. She directs it at issues which desperately need fixing. I mean, I thought that we should fix the Conservatives being in government issue, but Jess thought that she should use her voice to attack the Labour Party instead for some reason. And he says whether it's doing homework with her son on the steps of number 10 to protest Tory education cuts. So, so performative. Blasting xenophobia. And just blasting xenophobia out of a megaphone. (laughs) Go home. Driving the van herself through her constituency. That's what she does when she hears there's been travellers turn up on a field in her constituency. (laughs) Getting a megaphone out while she's waiting on the police that she's called to arrive <laughs> just blast some xenophobia at them until they fuck off and standing up for migrants in her own constituency they've linked to an article which i'm not going to read called jess phillips tells home truths and people are loving it um <laughs> yeah 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 that, that is well yeah in her own constituency or across the country or brilliantly and heartbreakingly reading the names of women murdered by men to highlight the epidemic of domestic violence phillips knows how to get your attention oh, well, i know a lot of trans people who are heartbroken because they feel really passionately about that issue of the issue of violence against yeah. women and jess insists and has been called up on this on reading a list of murdered women 
that does that not include any trans women. Deliberately excludes trans women who have been murdered, who are disproportionately the victims of that. Exactly. Yeah. So again, it's another one of those things that looks really good on the surface, but just when you dig lower, there's a slightly nasty undercurrent there. And then he says, if you think that's it, though, once she has your attention, she knows how to get things done. Showing a gritty determination. He goes, in addition to her earthy charm, she's got a gritty determination and she's coming from a salt of the earth place that is absolutely needed not just for the next election, but for the next Labour government. Things are not going to change overnight and this pragmatic yet progressive attitude is exactly what the British people are looking for. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that's fucking... That's weird, these these articles, man. Where, where are they actually getting any of it from? It's just their social circles, isn't it? There's a certain small amount of people who really, really particularly like Jess Phillips. But they all work in the same industry. They're all yeah. telling each other, oh, isn't she great? Yeah, she is. I think she's great because of it. And they think that automatically translates to the little people, you know? Absolutely. Tom Peck in particular, obviously, he's someone oh, so blinkered. He boasts of not having any friends in the Labour Party and several friends who are in the EDL. Yep. Britain first, I think. Britain, said, Britain yeah. first, sorry, yes. You might have said yeah. both, actually. but No, um... no, it was Britain first because I made that mistake before. Yeah. Obviously, one grew out of the other initially, which yeah. is why I made that mistake. But Britain first, absolutely normal, fine. Labour member, no, weirdo. We invited him. Yeah. So this is the thing that made me just, like, absolutely splenetic a minute ago. Here we go. With sharp political instincts and a Barbara Castle-like understanding of the working class, yes. especially its feelings towards the EU. What? Uh? She's like a fuck. She joined the People's Vote fucking lot and just slagging off the leadership over Brexit, despite the fact that her constituency is pro-Brexit. Yeah. That doesn't make sense at all. That doesn't remotely fit her actions over the last couple of years. A Barbara Castle-like understanding of the working class. I just don't know if this guy, you know, it just, that just feels like he's just name-checking for the sake of name-checking. Yeah. And it, it mainly is... feels like it's just because Barbara Castle was a woman that he's specifically <coughs> yeah, mentioning I, her. <laughs> I think he's literally looked up a list of famous labour women from back in the day right find one i've heard the name of and i don't hate right okay yeah yeah and again it's this thing of jess has an understanding of the working class you know she, she's a prole whisperer basically yeah based on very little we've heard the usual shit about focus groups in the last week but that's literally that could mean anything i could literally go to the pub ask a large party in the next table over what they thought about various candidates that would be pretty much as representative as your average focus group they're very much an early blair era relic really and it is mainly people from that part of the ideological spectrum that still use them and big them up and think they mean anything because they know how to use them to show what they want them to mean i'll skip the next couple of bits but he concludes with a common touch and good-natured attitude towards people of all political persuasions (laughs) i was raised in, in no uncertain terms, to hate Tories. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, hate, like, it's right. a swear word. It's so a swear word you're, in you're, my you're, you're, you're all right in the car. <laughs> I'm all right. Again, like, she, yes, she does have a very good-natured attitude towards, say, Jacob Rees-Mogg. I did vote Conservative. Don't worry, I'm not offended. But... <laughs> but, but thank you very much. A good-natured attitude towards people on the left. 
Um, Not so much. A good-natured I... attitude towards people who aren't like her in a number of ways, you know? Ex- Ooh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Good-natured attitude to Diane, obviously. Good-natured attitude to Dawn Butler. Good-natured, good-natured attitude at- towards the traveller community in, <laughs> in her local area. A good-natured yeah. attitude to... Did she not say some absolutely horrendous shit about arranged marriages like genuinely what like the thing about like the pakistani bangladeshi community or was that a different racist comment that she's made i think we're talking about the same one she accused pakistanis of importing wives for their disabled sons yeah that was the one by the way pakistani bangladeshi community was her phrase i am aware that there is not a pakistani bangladeshi community. the british pakistani bangladeshi community certainly where i am has issues about women's role in a family in society that's the truth not all of them obviously but i have lots of cases on my books the acceptability of going and getting a wife from abroad if your son is disabled, for example, as if he deserves to have a wife and will just get one from Pakistan. That's oh, not okay in my book. There's I was so really many hunting. things wrong with that. The top result of that is literally a site called firstpost.com because the only actual major newspapers that seem to have covered it properly at the time are the right-wing broadsheets behind paywalls the times and the mm. telegraph doesn't seem to have attracted any attention during her run to be fucking leader and therefore potentially in a few years to be prime minister no just say some mad racist shit and just go along with it because we quite like her well that's the thing i i kind of wish that she had stayed in the contest a bit longer so that the mask could really slip that she start getting into these bigoted moments again because the focus group super managed sort of thing that she had when she said in that guardian article she's trying to be more like a professional politician and stuff but i mean everything she does is like calculated and performed yeah you know with the sort of team really like in her ear and everything yeah i was thinking that they'd only be able to do so much and that she'd keep slipping and showing her real uh, true beliefs and i think what's interesting is one of the final nails in the coffin shortly before the campaign ended was she did that mum's net chat where she sort of tried to sit on the fence a bit about the debate about being able to self-define the agenda and she was sort of empathizing with the mum's net turf's concerns but also saying look i do believe in trans rights i've done this this and this and mm. that was enough to have that whole website being like, fuck you, you've betrayed <laughs> us, we hate you. And obviously, Julie Bindel tweeting, as you alluded to earlier, about a week after, I'm joining the Labour Party to vote for Jess Phillips. It was, well, I can't vote for Jess Phillips anymore, I don't know what to do now, because they're all bastards with their basic level of respect for humanity. Like, <laughs> And again, when she pulled out as well, another great reaction was from Emma Kennedy. Oh, can you run for deputy? Immediately asking... <laughs> Is it possible? Can someone have a look and see if she's able to run for deputy? Jess, 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 please, I really think you should be head girl. I really think that you're the only one for the job. She should have run for both in the first place. Just have the Jess Phillips, Jess Phillips dream ticket. Put, <laughs> put, put, husband, put husband forward for deputy. He's the only person that can do it. So R.I.P. <sighs> Jess. 2020 like that's not yeah. happening not happening sadly like, like r.i.p of memories you know it's good that we got back from the hype to 
today. Yes. And recorded a whole bunch of political material with, you know, some fighting words, some vicious slog salting, some words of optimism for the future. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, we left the words of optimism for the Patreon exclusive. Sorry. You know, everything that we can provide to just, you know, do our little bit. Yeah, even a bit of a Mike Gapes update, you know, just for oh, nostalgia. Of course. <laughs> you've gotta, you've gotta... gotta have that. There'll be, yeah. there'll be fewer in future because he just won't be doing as much <laughs> fade, stuff. Fade but... more and more into obscurity, but yeah. Um... <laughs> Bless. <laughs> oh, Gapes. Miss you, man. If you want to come on the show again, of course, then I'm just, Mike. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that legendary tweet. I think it was DPG sent as a, like, a false one to that creepy I Spy MP account where it was just like <laughs> disgraced former MP Dennis McShane like rooting around in the bins or something. Oh, and yeah. I'm just imagining that being Gapes in a few years. Um... <laughs> Gapes at the milk bar. <laughs> I have beef with Dennis McShane because I said he was a disgraced corrupt MP or something. He was like, no, I was actually convicted of this crime, not this crime. And so I, <laughs> I got in an argument with him and he's like, you're in the BMP. I'm like, do you mind retracting that? Because like, you might think I'm a cunt, but you can see 10 years of left-wing tweets and I'm clearly not in the BMP. He's like, no, no, I won't retract it. I don't know that you're not in the BMP. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, God. Right, so the original phrasing would have been I'm backdating that from tweets of mine that have referenced it would have been disgraced former MP Dennis McShane on his own leaning on a bin drinking red wine and talking to himself (laughs) 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 and of course the account which was just Harry Cole running a grim creep shots account just ran it as if it was real even though it was just some random bloke that looked a bit like Dennis McShane (laughs) wow well on that note I think uh, that's us. Yeah, yeah. I think that was not a bad episode there. Yeah, covered quite a lot in that. Yeah.
Caught between a generation dying from his habits and another thinking rock and roll was here. Till the pawn shops were packed like a backstage party hanging full of pointy ugly guitars. Millions all turned to karaoke, hanging all their wishes upon disregarded stars. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.